Thanks for listening to Vickery's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Hey, everybody. I hope you're well. Are you ready for the Bible today? All right. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this day. Thanks for the opportunity that we have, God, to hear your word and to hear from you. This morning, Lord, we pray. God, just let each and every one of us hear something that's just for us. We thank you for your ability to speak to us. We thank you for the authority that is in your word. Lord, I pray for the empowerment of your spirit to share what's in your heart. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, y'all, last week we just wrapped up a series called Moving Forward. And in Moving Forward, we talked about how to live a fruitful life now, um, not waiting for things to change around us with restrictions and all of that, but how we can live free, that we can live light, that we can live fruitful right now. And i got to tell you that over the weeks of just sharing the messages with you, I feel like a, a new freedom has come upon my own life where I just don't feel constrained. I respect what's going on around me um, and understand it, but I, I just don't feel like it's oppressive to me, and I'm really thankful for that. If you missed any of the messages or want to catch up with them, you can do that by catching our podcast or watching the service on YouTube. You can find all of that on our website, victorychristian.church. Today... I've got a new message for you today, and the title of it is Guard Your Heart. And I love this scripture that I opened up with today where it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You know, often in society or in the workplace or even in social services, uh, social (laughs) circles, we we can sometimes be consumed by outward appearance of how things look and how people look on the outside. But one of the things I really love about our God is that God looks past the outside and what he's really interested in is our heart. In First Samuel 16, verse 7, when the prophet Samuel is comparing uh, Saul and David, um, it says this, people look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. I love that about our God. The reason he looks at the heart is that he knows that it's from your heart that the rest of your life flows, right? That the condition of your heart determines so much. The condition of your heart determines your ability to walk through life light rather than heavy. The condition of your heart determines your ability to live a life in forgiveness rather than in bitterness, The condition of your heart determines your ability to walk through life feeling secure as a person rather than feeling fear or insecurity. I love that, again, how it says it in Proverbs. Everything flows from it, right? So our heart is really important. As I was preparing and and thinking about this message, this analogy kind of came to me over and over again, and it's about oil in your car, right? I can't get away from this analogy. If... If you look at car maintenance, and if you were going to only focus on one thing in taking care of your car, I think everyone would typically agree it's watch the oil in your car, right? That it needs to be changed, that you need to watch the level. And if you don't watch the oil 
in your car and you don't take care of the oil in your car, um, your engine's going to break, right? I mean, there's going to be heat, there's going to be friction, there's going to be a crack. It, eventually, it's going to break down and not last. As a matter of fact, I remember years ago when we were doing um, oil changes for single moms and, and widows and that kind of thing, um, we had one car where all of us guys could not believe the car was still running because I think we had figured out that it had gone about like 25 or more thousand miles without having an oil change. And we've never seen oil so broken down and, and so uh, grody, but somehow that car was running. Well, Obviously, taking care of oil in your car is really important for the life of your car. And in this analogy, I think about like changing your oil, right? That your heart needs to be replenished. It needs fresh virtue, right? Because our virtue breaks down, and so our heart needs to be refreshed, just like oil changes for the car, right? When I think about the oil level in our car, our heart can get depleted, and, you know, it can't all the pressures of life can really uh, pound away at our heart, and, and we need volume, more heart, more virtue, right? And then, of course, you've got the oil filter in the car, right? Um, our heart has to have a framework that filters out the bad stuff, just like an oil filter filters out the grit and the grime that shouldn't be in your oil, right? Um, that It's that idea that um, things that are going on in my heart, when I have a filter, I say, hold on, that can't stay there because that's toxic to my heart. And so I filter those kind of things out. And again, this idea is we want to take care of our hearts, like the scripture says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it comes everything in life, right? I want to take a few moments today, and I want to identify four things that try to get into our hearts that we've got to filter out, that we've got to guard our hearts against. Um, I want to encourage you that as I'm sharing these four different things, to just to identify one that may seem to undermine your own heart, right? And then I'll take you into some scriptures that really are kind of like heart surgery for us. Now, this list is by no means exhaustive, um, and we don't have time for exhaustive lists today, but I do want to give you four kind of big ideas of things that try to get into our hearts and can really undermine us and we want to guard our hearts from it, right? So the first one is insecurity. Insecurity will absolutely undermine your heart. Um, When we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us, insecurity sets in. The reality is God sees us perfectly. He knows who we are. He knows who he's created us to be. And we need to see what he sees in us rather than um, what we see or what the world would say about us, because God's opinion is right. And what God says is that he has made us in our image, in his image, excuse me. Um, And the challenge with not seeing ourselves the way that God sees us is we can often fall into the, the trap of comparison, where we begin to look at ourselves and compare ourselves amongst ourselves, which Scripture says is not wise, right? What we need is we need God's opinion. We need his thoughts because his thoughts about us are the authoritative uh, thoughts about us. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says this. I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you with my loving kindness. You know, the, the antidote to insecurity is knowing how much God loves you. Because when you know how much God loves you, 
it creates a security. It's just like a, a child who knows that they're loved by their parents and they feel like they could run through a wall and they're invincible. A lot of times when I see a kid that's just happy and free and, and, and um, able to just kind of do anything like a little child, I think that's a child that's well-loved. There's no fear in them. They just feel very secure and very safe. And often that starts with just mom and dad's love in their life. Your father in heaven loves you perfectly. The more that you see that, believe that, receive that, the more secure you can be. So I want to encourage you, filter out insecurity. Don't let it um, be toxic in your heart. The second one is, I'm going to group three words here. Fear, worry, and doubt can really undermine your heart. Our lives um, are... Um, when, when fear, worry, and doubt are in our lives, what happens is our lives become dictated by what could happen. Not necessarily by reality, but the possibility that something bad can happen, the, the worry about something happening, the, the doubt about what the future holds. And then we're living about in, in, in a prison of what could be in the future. And we don't want our emotions to be ruled by what could happen. Oftentimes, I find that trauma in our past, like experiences that we've had in the past, it's like they try to prophesy to your future fear, worry, and doubt of what could be. And what ends up happening is it ruins your present. Let me say that again. Oftentimes, trauma or bad experiences from your past try to prophesy to your future. And what they end up doing is they end up prophesying lies about what could be and it creates fear in the present and we don't need that we want god wants us to be free from fear worry and doubt he wants to help you trust him he wants to help you stand on his word um, not stand on your fears right so the the antidote for fear worry and doubt is faith God just wants you to be able to trust him. When I say faith, your ability to trust him and rest in him and know that he's got you and that he cares for you and that he's watching over you and that bad things do happen in a broken world, but he's got you and he's going to see you through anything that could be. The third thing that I want to talk about today that can, that can be um, toxic to our heart and that we want to filter out is sin. When I say sin, I mean selfishness, temptation. It will undermine your heart. Genesis 4, 7 says this. It says, if you do what is right, will will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, and you must rule over it. In this scripture, it's talking about Cain. And uh, right before in the Old Testament, he was about to kill his brother. And God was basically warning him about what was going on in his own heart. He says, sin is crouching at your door. It wants to devour you. He's trying to, to warn Cain from this thing that's going on in his heart. And um, unfortunately, Cain did not resist that sin and he killed his brother, right? Sin is, it's those those selfish things inside of us that we end up obeying or those carnal desires or those evil desires that happen inside of us when we act upon them. Now, everyone has wrong desires and evil desires, but what we have to do is we have to rule over that. 
And we have to deny what is temptation and say, no, I'm going to choose another way. As a matter of fact, a, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how to do this. We talked about how God gives us his Holy Spirit so that we can have the power not to sin. The empowerment of God to resist that which we would be led to do that would be wrong. I love the fact that God doesn't leave us alone, that he doesn't leave us to our own devices and just, you know, you're out on your own, just do the right thing on your own. No, he empowers us to be able to do things through him, right? And we can make a decision not to sin. Jesus was a great example of this in the Bible. When the devil came to tempt Jesus, what did Jesus do? Well, he stood on the truth of Scripture, and rather than buying into the lies of temptation, and Jesus resisted the devil, and the devil had to flee, which it says in James 3, 7. It says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I love that Scripture. The fourth thing that I want to talk to you about today that we want to filter out of our hearts and make sure cannot be toxic in our lives is offense or hurt because it will absolutely undermine your heart. This is probably the most common area and it tends to hurt the most of us, right? It's a paradox, this whole hurt and um, offense thing because we need one another and yet as broken people, we hurt one another. So we need each other, and we hurt one another. And the problem is typically kind of perpetual, right? Hurt people tend to hurt others. And so what's the answer to that? Well, we need transformation. We need heart surgery. We need healing inside of us so that we don't have to hurt others and so that we have the ability to forgive those who have hurt us and offended us, right? Because that, that thing can grow in us and be so toxic. It creates this bitterness inside of us that just can ruin what's going on in our heart and our other relationships. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says this, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I love that scripture. To me, that is, that is the heart surgery scripture. Because it talks about God coming in and taking out the stony heart. And how he puts in a soft heart of flesh. That God can do that in us. And what's beautiful about that is when he does that, we can then still love people. Still reach out to people. And even though... Um, People hurt us because we're broken. Like that's part of um, the risk of loving people is that we can get hurt. The reality is God can empower us to forgive and God can empower us to love people through things that they could do to us that would hurt us. But what we don't want to do is stop loving, stop relating, stop reaching out, because then that's just like the beginning of death in our own heart. And we don't want that. And so I want to encourage you today. Maybe maybe you have something in your heart um, and it, it has to do with an offense or a hurt or something in your life that you have not had the power to let go of. I want to encourage you to start this way. Would you just ask God to help you to forgive? I think sometimes we tell people, hey, you need to forgive that person. And it's 
absolutely true. But God can help you. And so if you don't have the ability in this moment to say, I forgive you, and, and if you do, you should do that. But if you don't, say, God, help me to forgive because he would never ask you to do something that he would not empower you to do. Now, we got to note that God enables us to forgive and to, and to heal independent of how another person responds to us. Um, we don't have to be hostage to, to them or if, whether or not they ask for forgiveness or if they feel sorry for what they've done. We can forgive completely independent upon, uh, of that. Um, and we are accountable for our own forgiveness. And I just want to encourage you to carry a high bar in that area of your life and say, I will forgive and I will walk in forgiveness because unforgiveness and bitterness is often one of the greatest weeds that gets into our heart and it can really ruin so many things and so many other relationships in our lives. It's amazing how hurt in one area can be transferred and influence and, and undermine other relationships. God doesn't want that for you. God can lead you in the area of forgiveness. He can lead you in the area of, of healing. He can do heart surgery on your, your, on you, on your heart. Now let's, let's talk a little bit more about how to have that heart surgery. Um, I'm going to use the analogy of a surgeon, right? So for a surgery, you need a surgeon. You need a right location, right, like a hospital or, or a patient place or whatever. And that surgeon needs to have the right tools, right? Now, if I take that analogy and I kind of push it over, right, the right surgeon is always God. He's the one who knows your heart and your mind and your life perfectly. He's the one you want fixing your heart. Um, and no one else. The second thing is you need a right location. And uh, when I think about the right location, I think about how when you go into surgery, you need a safe place. Um, in surgery, it's a sterile place, right? No germs, nothing like that. And I think about, like, what is the safe place in God? Well, it's his presence. We can go and we can be in his presence. His presence is a safe place for us. And Jesus has made a way for us to be in God's presence. We can worship him. We can go into the word. We can talk to God. We can go straight into his presence whenever we desire to be with him. The third thing in this analogy is you've got to have the right tools. And I would say that his word, his truth are the tools, right? It's those truth in the hands of God in his presence that brings heart surgery that works in your life. Um, I'll take a moment and talk a little bit more about God's presence and, and encounters, if you will, with heaven. I'm going to read to you out of Mark chapter 17, verses 1 through, excuse me, Matthew 17, verses 1 through 5. This is a story about Jesus, Peter, James, and John, or, and how they had gone up to a mountain and this encounter with heaven that Jesus and those three disciples had. It says, after six days, Jesus took him uh, took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. 
if you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. As the scripture goes on, Jesus tells uh, Peter, like, hey, you know, thanks, buddy, but no, we're not going to build shelters and stay here. This was such a powerful encounter. Um, Here's Jesus, and it says that he's talking with Elijah and Moses, who are like Old Testament figures who have been dead for centuries, right? And here's the voice of the Father coming through the clouds. And like, this is like a heavenly encounter, um, a powerful encounter. It's like heaven touching earth. And, um, and Jesus is having this encounter. And there's Peter, James, and John right there with them, right? I love how Peter wanted to stay. Like he's like, he didn't understand what was going on. He just knew that it was it was really good. And he just wanted to be there, right? He just knew that it was an encounter with heaven and that this exchange that was happening, it was good. Um, so Peter in his human mind, right? He's like suggesting putting up these, these, um, these shelters. The solution was wrong, but his heart desire to stay was so right. He wanted to just be there in this encounter and with what God was doing in that moment. And the reality is we need encounters with God that are transformative. Times in his presence, times with his word, times in worship where it's transformative. And in those moments, we need to stay. Um, And sometimes that takes a little patience. It takes a little, you know, staying there and, if you will, soaking it in and, and just really being with God. This encounter reminded me a bit of uh, an encounter that Moses and Joshua had back in Exodus 33, where it says that Moses went into this tent and he's meeting with God and he's talking with God. And it says when Moses left, Joshua, son of Nun, he stayed. He wanted to stay in God's presence. There's a there's a worship song by William McDowell, and it's simply called Stay. I encourage you to look it up on YouTube or whatever your music service is. It's this amazing song about just staying in the presence of God. And the reality is God's presence is that sterile place, that safe place, that best place for him to do heart surgery on you and your heart. Your heart is so valuable to God. And it's so worth the hard work of keeping your heart light and keeping it free. And I want to encourage you today, if there's heaviness in your heart or there's something toxic in your heart, there's something that's undermining your heart, would you go to God today and say, God, do heart surgery on me today. Help my heart to be right with you. Maybe you're listening today and you feel like God drawing you you to himself. And it's almost like he's, he's pulling you out of an old life because he's got a new life for you. And I'm here to tell you today that, that Jesus, he is a good shepherd who takes great care of his sheep. And that's us. I love what it says in John 10, 27 and 28. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand.
That is Jesus' perspective about his flock, us. That he gives us eternal life and that we shall never perish and that he is watching over us. He is our good shepherd. If you've never made a formal like decision before God where you say, God, I am turning my life over to you. And, and Jesus, today is the day I'm, I want to turn my life over to you. I, I don't want to just believe you. I want to now put my trust in you and follow you. I want to encourage you to ask God into your life. I want to encourage you to commit yourself to him and to allow him to give you that new life that he has made a way to give you. He wants to give you a new start. He wants to give you a new beginning where he is the leader of your life and where you take the authority out of your own hands and put it into his hands. Maybe you're listening today and you've made that commitment in the past, but you need to make a fresh commitment to God, a recommitment of your life to serve him. If you fall into either of those categories for the first time, turning your life over to him, or you just need to recommit your life, I just want to encourage you to simply pray. Simply pray and say, God, forgive me of my sins. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead. And I turn my life over to you. And just invite him to come into your life. Just simply pray and express your heart and make that invitation to God. And he'll give you a new life, a brand new start. And he will be the leader of your life. If that's a commitment that you're making today, I would love to hear about it. Because I want to rejoice with you. I want to make sure that you have everything you need to just be able to follow God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And if you're making that decision today, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps. Just share your information and we'll reach right back out to you and rejoice with you. Um, We're so excited for you. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.